Oh, yeah. Welcome into a brand new edition of Pick and Pod. Alongside Sam Basil, Jack Roach, Mike Messina running the board, I am Dominic Capone. We thank you for joining us. February's just about to end, and I always get confused. Today's February 28th, but tomorrow's February 29th, a leap day. Those things scare me, by the way, Jack. Do they scare you like they scare me? What is there to be afraid of? February 29th is not a day. Let's get that. Are you afraid of months that are like a prime number if you're long? Bor- if you're born on February 29th. Ja Rule. Ja Rule was born on, ja February, Rule was 29th. Born on February 29th. So he, he's, like, he's like eight years old right now. That's, that's not a good person to compare to. He, he is not the, the bar. We do have a lot to get into. The NBA season is coming to an end soon. We still got some games, though. Today, James Harden goes after Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm just going to summarize. Uh, he basically said, I wish I could just run and be seven feet and dunk. Now, I feel like this just came out of the blue, out of nowhere. I don't know what provoked this. I don't know. I don't think Giannis said anything. But I truly believe Harden is sick and tired of the love for Giannis and people just hating on him. And he makes a good point. Like, Giannis is not a shooter. He doesn't have the skill set from outside that James Harden does. He is a beast down low. He can, we were talking about this before, Jack. He can t- contort his body in ways that seven-foot guys should, they should not be able to do. But Harden going after Giannis... I like it. I like it a lot. He's sticking up for himself. He basically said, yeah, dude, you can dunk, but look what I can do. I can put up 35 a game. I can shoot 10 three-pointers, nail six of them. I really like what James Harden did today. When I hear that, I just think about how good would Giannis be if he had Harden's skill set. Because his game doesn't have... Imagine that. It doesn't have that much polish to it, and he does rely on that athleticism. I do want to say this, though, before I get you in here, Sam. Everyone said, pound for pound, AI was the best basketball player they ever saw. He said he wishes he could have been 6'5", 6'6". If AI was 6'6", would he still be AI, what he was doing at 6 foot? I don't think so. James Harden, if he was seven foot, would he still be doing the stuff that James Harden can do? I don't think so. You add those inches, your game and other spots of your game will diminish. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to have to disagree with you guys here, and I, I really don't like that comment that James Harden made. Before I get into it, I just want to say Ja Rule... Uh, if you're <laughs> counting, if around. you're counting just by leap years, he is 11 years old. So well, anyway, yeah, yeah. back to James Harden. I don't, I don't like, I don't like his comment about about Giannis mm-hmm. for several reasons. One, he won an MVP being James Harden. We all know that they're his, both MVP winners. Yeah, he, we all know that his, he's got an in, incredibly versatile skill set. He can score. He can. Uh, he can't really. He, he can. He can defend when he wants he's to. He's a good defender. But um, I just, I just, I, I just think that. Just because you have a, a height advantage doesn't doesn't necessarily make you a better player. And I don't really know why he would say something like this. I know there was a little bit of talk about during the draft, uh, the All Star draft, when uh, Giannis said he's he wants somebody that's more of a passer. But I, if you're James Harden, why would you get offended by that? We all know that you're not a passer. I really believe James Harden is not going to say self conscious, but he listens to what other people are saying. Imagine scoring. 30-plus a game for the past three years, and people hate you for it. I mean, he's he gets like 10 points per game at the free throw line. People say he travels. He's a flopper. He when Once he gets inside, all he does is create contact, goes to the foul line, gets every single call. It's unfair, it's unfair, it's unfair. But people, it wins games. But, yeah, no, I get that, but when people are talking about it and Harden hears it, 
it, I, it just doesn't sit well with him. And I think he was on the attack for this now. And he's fine. I mean, he's, he's just sick and tired of fans going after him when everyone loves Giannis. And I think my, my other reason why I really don't like this comment, which is, I, which is something I think that we're going to get into a, a, a bit later, is we've seen that not only has James Harden succeeded, but now the Rockets this season are succeeding without somebody that's really seven feet tall and up. So I just I just think his comment was just very reactionary and very, you know, probably building off of a lot of the comments that he's been getting over the past few years. Let's talk about the Rockets right now and what they're doing. We talked about how they're winning games. Clint Capella goes down 11 games ago. What do we do? Small ball, Jack. This is where your expertise comes in. They go small ball. They have point guard, shooting guard, a couple power forwards here and there. And they're now 9-2. and two. I can make the argument, though, that this is a bad thing for the Rockets. And as Jack looks at me, in confusion. Rockets plan to go small ball. Daryl Morey is an advocate of analytics. Three balls win games. How do you capitalize on that? You put five small guys around that like to shoot the three. That's what they do. They lead the league in three-pointers attempted per game with over 44. Three-pointers made with 15 and a half. They're 19th in the league in three-point percentage. And now everyone's going to say, but Dom, they're 9-2. and two. I understand that. They beat the Lakers. I'll give you that. That's an outlier. They beat the Lakers. Immediately after the trade deadline, right? Yep. They beat the Lakers first game out without Capella. They beat the Lakers, lose to Phoenix, Utah. Then they beat the Celtics, Golden State, Utah, New York, Memphis. Besides Rudy Gobert, which of those teams has a big guy that can be a real threat to you? None of them. They are beating these teams by outshooting them. Once it gets to the playoffs, it won't work. What did we see in 2018? Game 7, Western Conference Finals. Granted, Chris Paul was injured. I believe they were 7 of 44 from three-point land. They lost the game. Last year, they struggled from three against Golden State. Again, uh, when Kevin Durant went down with an injury. They lost that. They have not made it to... When, since they've had James Harden in this team, I granted they have Russell Westbrook now, but they have not made it to a finals. This has not worked in the playoffs. It could work in the regular season, but once it becomes playoff time, defenses collapse on you around the perimeter. Big guys are going to destroy them down low if they don't have Clint Capella. I don't think small ball is going to work in the long run. Let's hear it, Jack. Well, Dom, I, I just have a question for you. How many dominant big men are there really in the NBA? Like, when you think of the dominant big man, who do you think of? Giannis, AD, Joel Embiid, um, Nikola Jokic. I mean, they beat Lakers. They beat AD. Yeah, no, I said I, that was an outlier. I said well, that. Well, they played the Jazz and held Rudy Gobert to six rebounds. They've got no one over 6'6 six, six on the roster. I, but what, I, what does that say? Yeah, I feel like, though, you put them in a seven-game series, Rudy Gobert is going to feast down low. And AD's they split. They split against the Jazz. They, they went one-on-one one against them. Yeah, they stretch. did lose in that stretch. And to, to me, this recipe is just not going to work. Daryl Morey is an advocate for just shooting threes and hoping for the best. I mean, they shoot 44 for, per game, which is nuts. But... Sam, what do you think? I, I, to me, it's just not, it's not going to work in the playoffs. I'm going to have to agree with you, Dom. I just think this system is completely unsustainable in the playoffs. I mean, you've been seeing pretty much for the for, I mean, all of NBA history, and, and especially since these these last few years. I mean, the regular season is is a lot different than the the playoffs in the NBA. I mean, I think teams try a lot harder in the playoffs. I mean, of course, teams are trying during the regular season, but when you're somebody like 
you know the the Lakers and you're you're 45 and, and 12 you, you can you can kind of take a little bit of a back seat you can kind of let a couple games like that slip and see how how you do against one of these smaller ball lineups but when you got when you got guys like Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, of course they're going to get out rebounded during the regular season. But when it's crunch time, they're gonna they're gonna get down low a lot more. They're not going to be taking as risky shots. I I just think it's dangerous that you're going into the playoffs with the mindset we win and we lose by the three ball. That's that's a little hard to swallow if you're an NBA team going into the playoffs and you don't have a legitimate big man down low to compete with an AD with a Jokic. And if you make it to the finals with the Giannis. No, I, I definitely understand that. And the Rockets formula, you know, this year has been you've got your guards. You've got James Harden and you've got Russell Westbrook, right? And they're going to score. And you surround them with wings and then you've got Clint Capella down low. But they cut out Clint Capella. And now they've just got guys on the perimeter and they have guys in Harden and Westbrook who can attack. And listen, we, we haven't seen anything like this. Like, even that Golden State small ball team had guys that could do some work down low. It, it hasn't been proven yet, but I think they can do it just based on the variety of wings they have on that team. How far do you think they can go, though? Do you think they can make it all the way? I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, right now they're, let's let's see, uh, right now they're, Four. they're the fourth. fourth so they'll play the Thunder. They're not really a huge team. By the way, that would be a great matchup. Chris Paul and the Rockets and Oh yeah. Oh, that that'd be Westbrook. like that'd be the one that everybody wants to watch yeah. first round. But I'm saying like what what happens when you come up to a team like the Lakers where you got Anthony Davis or even the Clippers? I mean, the Clippers have been kind of hit or miss this season for a lot of games. I think they're uh I mean, they're doing great, but I think they're kind of uh slipping in some ways that we didn't really expect them to, but they've they've been talked about as one of the best defensive teams in the league. I mean, you're going up against guys like Kawhi, even like Montrez Harrell. He's huge. Just They have a lot of size on that team. Yeah, but who's going to guard their, their guards? I think that they are capable of beating the Clippers. I think their biggest threat, and I think for the Western Conference with every team, their biggest threat is the Lakers. And in their last matchup, they beat them. Yeah, but it's regular season. Seven-game series, LeBron, LeBron's going to wipe the floor. With but they're them. capable of doing it. They're capable of doing it. They've shown that. By the way, what was your slogan from before? Small ball is yielding big results. They're crushing it. All right, moving right along, Jason Tatum. He's the new star. I know Jack over there is pumping his fist. He is a Celtics fan. He is a new star in this league. He is really developing into a superstar. 30 points per game over his last 10, 50% from three. The Celtics have two losses in their last 13 or so games, and I don't know if the Celtics can compete with the Bucks, but Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, they're making it very interesting going down the stretch. Month of February, Jason Tatum has had over 30 points per game, 7.5 rebounds. He's taken 20 shots a game. He's taken nine three-pointers, shooting 51% from the field and 50% from three. And it's all because of the beard, dude. It connected, and Jason Tatum <laughs> unlocked a whole new... What, what do you think? A lot of people say his hair is, like, sprayed on. It looks like it's painted on. His hair doesn't look real. It, it reminds me of, like... Do you guys remember when Carlos Boozer had the... Uh, yes. It oh, looked like a Sharpie. <laughs> like, uh, no, Tatum... Uh, man, he is just so much fun to watch. And he's doing it against great teams, too. You saw that Clippers game. You saw the Lakers game. They didn't beat... Um, the Lakers, but man, he's just putting up crazy stat lines, and mm -hmm. man, it's just 
it's so much fun to watch him blossom into a star. Now, I don't agree with this, but Stephen A. Smith came out yesterday and said if you if you had to pick one guy, 21 or under, to start a team with, he's picking Jason Tatum. I would still put Luka in front of Jason oh, Tatum yeah. right now. And that everyone went after Stephen A. Smith, but Tatum is a very good option. I remember when everyone was saying Kyle Kuzma is better than Tatum, Kuzma oh over goodness. Tatum, all of this nonsense. And now Tatum's just making the NBA know, like, look, I'm here and I'm here to stay. I got a better hypothetical for you guys. Forget about the under-21. Eastern Conference, best players, Giannis and Joel Embiid, clear one and two. Is Jason Tatum right now the third best player in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, we were talking about this before. Giannis, Joel, and then you could make a case for someone right there. And right now, over the last 10 games, you could put Tatum. Ben Simmons, also another guy. Um, but Ben Simmons has not really been performing the, the season, and he's hurt. And, so. then, uh, and then you're going to tell me when Kyrie's – yeah, no, but are we talking about overall or like right now? Because Kyrie's out, but would you put, I would put Kyrie over Jason Tatum. I, I think it's not – crazy to think and obviously Kevin Durant's gonna but but you've got the injury concerns coming back is not easy we've seen that with Gordon Hayward and don't get me wrong Katie and Hayward are different players but Kyrie come back from injury Katie come back from injury and Tatum just progressing is his third year in the league he's 21 years old Mm -hmm. he's continually improving every day I don't think it's crazy to think about him being third best player in the east going forward I, I mean look he's 21 years old I'm older than him by a few days, and I'm staring into the abyss right now just thinking <laughs> about that. Come on now. What, what am I doing with my life? Look at Tatum. He was born, I believe, March 8th, 1998, February 24th for me, 1998, and he's putting up 30 points per game, and I can barely get a point when I go to the local gym. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just a quick hypothetical to add on to that situation. Okay. How okay. How long do you think it will be before – Trey Young enters that discussion. Do you think he will enter that discussion? No. No? And here's why. It's the defense. Jason Tatum is one of the best defenders in the league. I'm serious. Pop has praised him for it. Brad Stevens has praised him Brad Stevens is such a great defensive-minded coach. The Celtics are always great on defense. Look at Marcus Smart. He will get his super... A lot of superstars kind of shy away from playing defense, but Tatum's right there like you mentioned. Here's a stat for you. Talk to me. Boston scored just under 120 points per 100 possessions with Tatum on the court in February and 100.3 points per 100 with him on the bench. Put those in perspective, right? Boston's offensive rating with Tatum on the court this month, best in the NBA. With him on the bench, worst in the NBA. Wow. Wow. That is an unbelievable stat. So are we looking at, I mean, not this year, I don't think this year, but maybe a possible... MVP in his future down the road. I, I don't see why not. The, yeah. the thing about these all these MVP talks, and we everyone said Anthony Davis is going to win MVP. 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 Really? No, not this year. Oh, but no, when he first came into the league, well, he's, he's making gonna, his ascent. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's he's going to win MVP. Everyone talks about all these young guys winning MVPs. There's a lot of other really good players in this league. We could talk about Jason Tatum being in the conversation. For him to go out and be an MVP, he has to do what Harden's doing. What, uh, Giannis is doing what Russell Westbrook was doing, putting up triple doubles. He has to have these outlandish, outlandish stats. But there's other guys in the NBA that could average 27, get you five rebounds and three assists. I think. I think also when that when that conversation started, it was probably within the first two three years of Davis's career, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think during that time, uh, it, the, for, 
well, sorry, during the time between when that discussion started and up to now, we've seen a really huge uh, increase in the talent of the, of the younger side of the NBA. I think I think we've seen a pretty big changing of the guard in the last two or three years. I mean, you still got LeBron. He's still doing amazing. He's still an MVP candidate. You still got guys like Russell Westbrook around. I wouldn't really put Russell Westbrook as an MVP candidate now, but um, you know now you now we see guys like Jay Giannis. Now we see guys like Doncic. So so AD is more of a of a big fish in a big pond. Sam, you just initiated something in my brain right now. You lit a fire. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. Everyone talks about how the NBA. Everyone's getting better, which I, I can see. But do you think the best players in the NBA are getting even better and that it's top-heavy in that sense? Like, there's there's not really those middle-of-the-pack guys anymore. There's a lot of bad players, and then there's absolutely great players that put up 35 points per game. You you look at a game with, like, Houston or something, yes, you'll get your guys who, who get, like, 10 to 12 points per game, but you have Harden and Russell Westbrook putting 30 points per game, 20 points per game. I just think there's so much top-heavy talent in the NBA that there's no more middle of the guys. There's only great players or you're really not that good. Don't get me wrong, not everybody, but I think that's how the league is shifting. I don't know. I mean, it's that's a really tough question because I think we are seeing a bit more of spreading of the wealth in, in the NBA. I think we're I think we're done with the I mean, knock on wood, but I think we're done with the super team era of the NBA for the most part. I mean we and see Kawhi a lot, really helped with that. Yeah, oh a hundred percent because Kawhi I mean Kawhi moved, he made a big move to Toronto, but it never really created a super team and he won a championship with it. But um I think we're seeing more of we're going back to maybe where the NBA was probably I'm gonna say like twenty ten, like from like two thousand six to two thousand ten, mm-hmm. where you know you could argue that this is top heavy but I think it's great that every team might just have one to two superstars and then kind of just spread around, you know, guys like you're saying that can get, that can average like 10, 5, and 5. I, I guess what I'm getting at is there's not a lot of team basketball. I would put the Celtics at team basketball. They've always been, they've never had that, that star except for like Ky, when they got Kyrie Irving. Like before that, they didn't really have um, a legitimate star. Isaiah Thomas was not a star leading them to the playoffs. Uh, that year he wasn't a superstar in this league you have to have superstars but I think some of the most exciting teams this season are running good team basketball I mean you got the Rockets you got the Lakers but I think the Clippers I mean despite having Kawhi I think they're playing great as a team I think they're they're sharing their role and their value very well I think we've been talking about the Raptors all season about how they're ex- greatly exceeding expectations without someone like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I know you got guys like Siakam that's putting up like crazy numbers right now, but it's not but when you talk about the Raptors, you don't talk about Siakam and the Raptors. You're talking about the Raptors. You're talking about um even the Celtics. I mean, I I think I think even with guys like Jalen Brown are still performing incredibly well. So, I think in today's NBA and the Celtics might be the exception to this because of how well they distribute the ball, but Look at the Lakers, look at the Clippers, the Rockets, the Bucks, the Raptors. They all have a clear-cut one and two. They've got a dynamic duo. You've got LeBron and AD. You've got Kawhi and Paul George. You've got Russell Pascal Russell Siakam. Yeah, exactly. It's the two, it's the dynamic duo and the guys around them. And it really does come down to the guys around them because they're only as good as, as who makes them that good. But it's the one and two. That's how good... But do you think are. do you think the difference between Siakam 
and then the rest of his team or Giannis and the rest of his team is that much greater than LeBron, AD, and then the rest of the Lakers? Because I feel like, I mean, not to knock on the Lakers, I mean, they're they're 45 and 12 for a reason, but I think if you took LeBron out of that equation, the Lakers might be, you know, a, a 6-7 seed at best. I just don't see, I just don't see the Lakers being that as great as they are this season without LeBron. Yeah, you're right. And the Raptors do have a great system and, and so do the Bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think the Bucks would be doing just as well without Giannis. Not not No, no, num- they wouldn't have fifty they wouldn't be fifty and eight. They wouldn't be fifty and eight, but they might be like a fifth seed in the in the in the East, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean they would still be a playoff team because I think if you take Giannis off of the Bucks, they still have Middleton Bled, so they have all these other guys that can come together and I, I you put those guys together and you have this current Nets team, which the Nets are seventh, I think they're better than the Nets. Right now. Yeah. Jack, what are you looking at? Dude, the Bucks have the perfect <laughs> I think you're just daydreaming about the Bucks over there. They have the perfect <laughs> cast around Giannis because they do you know what Giannis is capable of and everyone else just launches three pointers. Everyone, even the centers, mm. even Brooke Lopez, not a Hall of Famer. Even him, <laughs> he is he he can shoot threes. The question is, who's going to beat the Bucks? Everyone's said the Raptors have a chance, the Celtics have a chance, blah blah blah. The Heat have a chance. Seventy sixers. One team I want to get to, and that's what we're going to talk about. Good job, Sam. You read my <laughs> mind. The Miami Heat, currently the fourth seed in the East, thirty six twenty two, fourteen games out from the Bucks, three and seven in their last ten, five and nine. In the last 14 games. But every team in the NBA at some point struggles. Except if you're the Bucks and you're going you're on pace to win 70 games. Every team struggles. The thing about the Heat that I'm concerned about. The teams they lost to these past, this past few weeks. They have losses against Sacramento, Portland, back-to-back. Utah, which is a good team. Then Atlanta and their last two. They're on a two-game losing streak. Cleveland and Minnesota. The... Is this is getting a little alarming right now? Because at some point you're like, okay, they, they lost, they lost to Sacramento. That's an outlier. But then they lost to Portland, and now you're losing to Sacramento, Sacramento again, and you're losing to Cleveland and Minnesota. What's going on in Miami? I mean, I th- I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think it's oh, it's it's fine to have a bad stretch. Every team has a bad stretch at any point in any season, and then they can end up winning a championship. The problem with the Heat is. They're not winning the games they're supposed to win. I mean, they beat. I mean, up until probably uh, three weeks to about a month ago, we were really talking about the Heat as like the best home team in the NBA. I think they had like two losses at home up until about a month ago or mm. something. Yeah, no, they had. I remember when because I went to the Celtics game. It was right before the Super Bowl. Celtics were playing the Heat at, in Miami. Celtics beat them. And I believe that was their third home loss on the season at that point. And they also, and during that stretch, they beat the Clippers at home <laughs> in a very good, very exciting game. And uh, yeah, I just, I just think if you're not going to win these games that you're you're supposed to win, like Cleveland, a one nineteen, a one twenty five, one nineteen loss in overtime, Minnesota, one twenty nine, twenty six. Don't get me wrong, Minnesota's improved after the trade deadline, but I think you should still win that game. Granted, it's overtime, but the. Cleveland Cavaliers should not be putting up 125 points. You shouldn't you the you shouldn't get to overtime with the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't even get close to that. Jack, 
What, what do you like? You just amaze me. You're over there smiling. You're turning around. I don't know what's on your mind right now. All right. Jason Tatum season. In theory. <laughs> you're you're Jason no, 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 listen. Tatum. It's for perspective because we were just talking about him. Right. Jason Tatum's season and career high is 41 points. In seven games, Andre Iguodala has put up 33 points. But, so, okay. We can talk about Andre Iguodala. Why compare him to Jason Tatum in that Because sense? that's one game of a 21-year-old, yeah. and Andre Iguodala was supposed to come in here and make a difference. By the way, Iguodala signed through 2022. Just hey, want to throw that out there. Do you that think the Heat terrible. are regretting that trade? I mean, yes. It's early on in the contract, but so far you have to say yes. He's 36. He's 36. I don't know why they gave him an extension. I don't know why they did that. A two-year ex- extension for a 36-year-old? Come on now. That's why I'm not Gotta buying the Heat. Could they waive him, or would they still have to pay him? They'd still have to pay him that yeah. money, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's why yeah, I'm not buying the Heat. What a waste that would be. They, this was supposed to be the time when it all came together. You get Jay Crowder, you get Andre Iguodala, and you got Jimmy Butler, and you've got the young guys around him. This is when you, you heat up. And Pat Riley was going to flex on us all over again. Yeah, know? yeah. And they have just, man, what a disappointment. It really is. I mean, it's hard It's hard to say with the Heat. I. Stephen A, I believe, even said, I hate to keep bringing up Stephen A, but his, his face is all over social media, that the one team that he thinks that can contend with the Bucks in the East is is the Heat. I, I Right now, I, I don't see how that's possible. I would put Philly before them right now. I would agree with him like a beat. month ago. He said that a couple days ago. It was this yeah. week. It was, it was this, this week. week. Yeah. I don't know. I I know a lot of people don't want to give the Celtics credit, but I would put the Celtics over the Heat right now. Oh, absolutely. The Celtics are on fire. They're clicking on all cylinders right now. Everyone on that team has a role, a specific role, which they know. And I don't know, man. I, I think I think the Celtics give them a good run for their money. I don't think they're going to win because I think I, – I, I, to preface this, I picked the Bucks and the Clippers to make it to the finals before the season even started, and I'm sticking with that, even though the Clippers uh, have to start showing me something down the stretch um, that they're going to be a real contender. But I have to keep it like that. I think the Bucks are going to make the finals. I mean, look, with the Clippers, um, in terms of being finals favorites, I know people have been talking about the entire season that the Clippers, on paper, are probably the better team than the Lakers. And I think when it gets to playoff time, we're going to see that. We were talking earlier about how playoff NBA is a lot different than regular season NBA. This Clippers team is built to be a playoff NBA team. You know what I mean? They're not going to – they could win. They're probably going to end up winning – like 50-something games or something like that. But, you know, um, it probably were 50 games, rather, not 50-something. But uh, when it comes down to the stretch, they're going to be able to go – they're going to be able to go a full series. You know, they're, they're going to be able to play hard. Some great but, games tonight. The um, Thunder at Bucks. That's at 8 o'clock. The Thunder, what a surprise team they are. They trade Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul goes over there. No one really knows we're going to get from – Guys like Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis Alexander, they're all coming together and playing extremely well. Especially Shea, he's really impressed this season. He's the leading scorer on the yeah. the fifth best team in the Western Conference. You know? I think that's I think that's the biggest thing right there. The West is so hard. If someone told me that they would be in a playoff position, yeah, the the seventh or eighth, not the fifth seed for the OKC Thunder. Got to give a lot of props to those boys in, in OKC. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised. If they if they give the Bucks the run for their money tonight and pick up a W in Milwaukee, wouldn't be surprised. Give them their ninth loss. Why not mess around? Then after that, we got also another good one: Nuggets Clippers. Forty and eighteen Nuggets. Jokic averaging twenty points per game, ten rebounds. The Clippers 
and Kawhi Leonard in LA. That's that's an interesting game right there because both of these teams top of the top of the West with the Lakers. But we'll we'll see what goes on in that game. Any game you guys are looking at tonight? Um, I mean, I think Nuggets Nuggets Clippers is going to be really good. I've been I've been waiting to watch that one for a while. Um. Knowing Jack, he likes the Nets Hawks game. He's gonna watch that. Oh, absolutely! Big. I'll be I'll be waiting for my boy Clint Capella sitting on the bench. There he is, <laughs> Clint Capella on the bench. I know uh, on the seventeen and forty three Atlanta Hawks. I know there's no real uh, like broader implications for this game, but I would like to see if Bradley Beal can carry his momentum against a team like Utah. Today. By the way, everyone's saying they feel bad for Bradley Beal. I, I no. don't like that. He's the one who signed back with the Wizards. He knew what he was getting himself into. And by the way, we talked about this. The Wizards are only I, – I, I want to get this right before I say this. 21-36? The Wizards are four and a half games out of the eighth spot. Let's go. Turn on the Jets. I'd love to see Bradley Beal in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. They're they're in a similar situation to the to the mm-hmm. Blazers. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the, the Wizards-Utah Wizards Utah is not going to have any broader implications. It's not, a, it's not a projected finals matchup mm-hmm. or anything. But, I mean, if Bradley Beals is, is, is really trying to get his team into a playoff spot, I mean, this would be a huge game, a huge win. So, Basketball coming down the final stretch. Should be a fun one. Let's get it. That will just about do it for this episode of Pick and Pod. For Sam Basil, Jack Roach, Mike Messina on the board, I'm Dominic Capone. We'll see you next time.